Hi, she's the monster, I'm the robot. Colossal is up next on Rediscovered Movies. Hello, my name is Namfanella Malloy. I am your host of Rediscovered Movies, where overlooked movies, whether mainstream, independent, or somewhere in between, are discussed to be rediscovered for your viewing pleasure. Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Rediscovered Movies. I'm your host, Namfanella Malloy. The film that I'll be talking about is Colossal. Colossal is a 2016 sci-fi fantasy comedy film that's written and directed by Nacho Vigalando. He's known for doing 7.35 in the morning, which was nominated for an Oscar for Best Live Action Short Film, and the film Extraterrestrial. The film stars Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, and Dan Stevens. Here's the synopsis. Gloria, played by Anne Hathaway, is an out-of-work party girl who leaves New York and moves back to her hometown after getting kicked out of her apartment by her boyfriend, played by Dan Stevens. When news reports surface that a giant creature is destroying Seoul, South Korea, Gloria gradually comes to the realization that she is somehow connected to this far-off phenomenon. As events begin to spiral out of control, she must figure out why her seemingly insignificant existence is having such a colossal effect on the fate of the world. So I just want to point out that with the synopsis saying that she's an out-of-work party girl, so yes, she is an unemployed writer, but I would not say that she is a party girl. She is more or less someone that just wants to consume lots of alcohol and all that stuff. So the film premiered at the Toronto Film Festival in 2016. It was released in theaters on April 14th, 2017 on limited release and expanded as the weeks went on. So during its uh, theatrical run, it made $4.5 million worldwide against a $15 million budget. So in terms of reception, the critics gave it 81% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. So here is what they have to say with a consensus. Colossal singular strangeness can be disorienting, but viewers who hang on may find that its genre-defying execution and Anne Hathaway's performance is well worth the ride. Audience, however, gave it 59%. The film is available on Amazon Prime, on CBC Gem if you're in Canada. It is free on YouTube and also on demand, so check your local listings. So let's start with the first discoveries. So I first heard about the film when it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. I thought, oh, like it sounds interesting, like with, with the with the with the idea and plus Anne Hathaway is starring in the movie. So I figured, yeah, I'd like to take a chance with this movie. So when it came out probably on its uh, home release. I saw it, I believe, as 
I could be mistaken, either as a rental, like on iTunes, or saw it on Netflix at the time. It could be either or, but again, it's, it's been a while. So after I saw the film, I wasn't really sure what to think of it, because I thought like, yeah, it has a unique concept, but I just wasn't really sold on how that concept was told. So years later, like I decided to rewatch it, like for the podcast to see if my feelings have changed. So I would say that I do like it a bit more, but it still has issues. All right, let's go into highlights and lowlights. So with the highlights, I would say the performances from Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis are solid. So what is noted that the critics, they kind of single out like Anne Hathaway's performance, but I also want to give credit with Jason Sudeikis' performance as well too with the film. So like as with Jason Sudeikis, yes, like uh, it, it does feel familiar to like, you know, the comedy role, but what is noted is that he kind of like goes into like a dark place like as like the charming yet manipulative and sinister friend so even though like with him the performance was good his character arc however is a different story which i'll go into the low late section and yes too with anne hathaway so it kind of like feels different if you've seen her in more lighter fare like the princess diaries films but feels kind of similar to her role in rachel getting married which she got nominated for an oscar um because yet she does like you know um do well with the comedy humor but yet also to has to balance that with you know her character you know going through lots of emotions as she deals with her you know drinking problem and all the other like life issues that she gets presented in the film so the scene i like um with gloria learning that she is the monster was like fascinating to watch because clearly like you know she's in shock as she sees like the monster like mimic her her mannerisms most notably like the monster like scratching uh the top of her head so yeah like really like she's in shock as she watches it unfold like with the news footage that happened uh hours prior and speaking of the monster i would say too the look of the monster like looks quite fascinating so um i'm not sure like how they came up with the idea of the look of the monster in general but it looked cool to watch on screen and i have some notable facts about the monster in the trivia section so stay tuned for that and these soul sequences they, they look cool to watch so like notably when gloria shows the the guys, so like with us, with Jason Stakes' character, and also with the other guys, Joel and Garth. Um, when she like shows them that she's like like the monster, I thought yeah, like with the footage that they 
done in soul looks kind of fascinating so like with those sequences like it takes place during nighttime as when they're in the hometown like it's during the day and also to like the final fight sequence like with Gloria and soul like was very engaging because so because in the in the context of the film so she I guess when she is in the park like in the in the plate in the sand area like she does all like the the moves that the monster is doing and she kind of like has like a conscience when realizing that what she's doing is you know affecting the lives of the citizens in Seoul and decides she doesn't want to do it anymore but learns that uh with Oscar like he is the giant robot and he kind of like has his issues which conflicts with Gloria so so I guess like you know with her to take down Oscar she flies to Seoul where uh where we see obviously like Oscar is very like intimidated because he is not sure like what is happening and as soon as like Gloria gets like the upper hand it was kind of quite like emotional to see like you know those characters in a way go at it because of their like friendship but I mean at the same time like it had to get done because clearly Oscar he was still gonna like go at it like for his reasons so yeah so with that fight sequence it was quite like emotional but yet also engaging too at the same time the opening image of the princess peach esque doll on the ground in a way kind of like mirrors like gloria as sort of like the damsel in distress so because clearly like you know when she f finds out that she's a monster like like she's not sure what to do like she's kind of like stuck in this you know position type thing and she kind of has to figure out like how to kind of like rescue herself so that's why i thought in a way like it kind of the, the doll on laying on the ground kind of mirrors gloria in terms of where she's at in the film and the friends uh joel and garth they were like fun to watch unfold as the like supportive friends of the group and but clearly we see like there is conflict like in the later half in the film when Gloria she sleeps with Joel and Oscar he he becomes more of an asshole and the later half I would say is more stronger than with the first half I think when once Oscar is introduced like as the giant robot that's when we see a lot of stuff happening then with the first half which kind of showed you know Gloria and her in her chaotic state like where she gets kicked out and then you know moves to the hometown and meets up with Oscar and and the gang and it was a bit kind of slow but then once you know like I said it, it starts to kick in that's when it becomes more fun to watch on to the lowlights so 
one of the main issues I had with this movie was the execution of the film. Like I said, it has a unique concept, but I felt like tonally, like it was kind of conflicting because on one half, it kind of wanted to be like a low key disaster type film, while the other half wanted to be sort of like a black comedy film that's kind of mixed with the mellow drama aspects. So if we just take the concept itself, that could be, I guess, tailored for like mainstream, but how I, how that will be executed if it was mainstream, it'll be more, I guess, totally like with the Godzilla films, um, mainly with the, the recent one, I am blanking the name of it with the one where Godzilla is battling Kong. It's not Skull Island. The one came out afterwards, but but I think tonally it'll it'll be more like those films. And yeah, like if it goes like that route, it'll probably lose like the character aspects of the sub, but and focus more on, you know, why is Gloria the monster? Why is she attacking these people? And obviously, it'll include, you know, the government and scientists, all that stuff, like I said, reminiscent to the Godzilla films. And also, too, like, it was kind of, like, strange that no one really, like, outside of, like, the group, this is back in the hometown, like, no one really there is aware of the situation at the park. Well, I guess mainly because, like, how it's presented on film is that really like when Gloria and Oscar when they are doing the actions on the playground I guess no one notices I mean I'll give it that but like at the end with the final fight sequence with the monster attacking uh, Oscar I, I figured like you know that will raise a lot of suspicions but yet it seemed like no one either cared or just was not aware. So I thought that part was a bit tricky. So also too, in terms of like how Oscar and Gloria became the mon became the robot and the monster is weird. So throughout the film, there are these flashbacks of the younger selves carrying these mock-ups of soul and there's like a lightning storm and, and wind happening but like towards like the end like it's kind of it's revealed that this weird lightning it, it strikes them and they get these powers because Oscar has a giant robot toy while Gloria has the monster. So I thought what in terms of that reasoning of them being you know their avatars was weird because that just came out of nowhere. So I felt like it would be better if let's say they were in some sort of experience when they were younger because that would make more sense, but that lightning thing it like I said came out of nowhere. So let's go to the boyfriend, Tim. 
So Dan Stevens, he does a good job with this movie. But I felt like his arc could have been a cameo. Because, like, yeah, so it's fitting that he's there at the beginning to kick her out and all that sort of stuff. But why would he care about Gloria, like, after, you know, they break up? It just doesn't make sense. Because he's very, like, clingy, like, as he, like, calls, he goes to the hometown. This was, like, after, I believe they had, like, a Skype conversation but but she is interrupted when Oscar and the group they bring like furniture to her place so I would get like he he probably like concerned but at the same time it's like why are you here you know but but maybe too at the same time they could have explored maybe the character regretting like his situation because probably like at that point like when he breaks up like he he's he has like the final shawl like I get that but yeah also too you just wonder like why would why would he care about her like if he's fed up with her Oscar let's go to Oscar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, the him him being like the robot that just came out of nowhere, because when Gloria reveals to the group that she is the monster, he acts like you know, like it, it it's something new. Like he was in shock as with everyone, but it's revealed that he like he knew this whole time, which was weird. And the fact that, like, you know, he he grows visibly, like, upset, like, when Joel tries to kiss Gloria, like, we just wonder, like, why, why do you, why do you care? Like, is he in love with Gloria? And, like, why is he acting this way? Because if they wanted to make him to be the love interest, like, it could have, like, gone there. But, but they don't, like, he, he just acts, you know, very, like, possessive as he demands Gloria, like, like to stay or he'll kill um, the people of Seoul. So, at the end of the day, like, what is his motivation? Let, let, let's go back, because we see that, you know, he runs this sh shitty bar, shitty-looking bar, where, like... Not much customers, but we see like in the in the basement level, like he has like um sort of like a, a cowboy thing happening which which Gloria like, you know, convinces him to, you know, bring that back. But he tells her that, you know, no one liked it, so that's why it is what it is, I guess, with the bar at that point. But then later on he decides to remodel the bar the, the inside to how Gloria suggested it, but then immediately destroys it because why to hurt Gloria's feelings? I, I I don't know. So that's why, like, I just wanted with his arc, what is his motivation? I don't know. Yeah. Also, too, I just wanted like with Garth. So at this we see like Oscar like he kind of treats everyone like shit. Like particularly like he singles our he singles out Garth like after 
like after when like Laura grows a conscience and all that stuff. So Oscar he reveals oh that Garth he's been you know snorting the cocaine and all that stuff when he every time he goes to the bathroom, which you know Oscar denies. And then after like Garth you know calls out like Oscar like he leaves, and we never see him again. So. I just wondered, like, where he at, because I figured, like, you know, during the final fight sequence, we could just see a glimpse of, you know, where he is at this point, but he just completely vanishes. Like, also, too, like, why does the monster vanish in midair? I don't really have anything else to add for that note, but I just wondered, like, why? Like, because, like, when she is on the ground the monster is on the ground but yet at one point poof disappears or maybe when they step out of the sandbox disappears but and like also too why is the sandbox like why is it that sandbox is the place where they become the monster i don't know <laughs> i don't know and another note is that with Gloria sleeping with Joel feels random because is she lonely at this point? Like, does she want a rebound? There was really no clear answer because clearly there was no chemistry between those characters because he is, you know, awkward and she has her situation. So them getting together, questionable. All right, let's go on to trivia. So the director claimed that the, the film was the cheapest Godzilla movie ever made and showed photos of the character um, at the Cannes Film Festival. This was before the film was made. So, and apparently the Godzilla's copyright owner Toho was not happy, which resulted in a lawsuit. And then a settlement was made, and then as a result, they had to change the movie's location from Tokyo to Seoul and that the movie would not use a derivative of Godzilla. That is notable. So it kind of makes you, I, I get that the director wanted to use Godzilla, you know, like I guess as like a reference or as an influence, but probably used Godzilla's image a bit too much at that point. Again, we don't know full details, but but yeah. So, keeping with the monster. So, apparently there was no motion cap footage for the creation of the monster, but rather they used footage of Anne Hathaway acting out her parts, which was given to the, I guess, the visual effects team, who used that as, like, reference point. So, the artists, apparently, the visual arts artists, like, they were responsible for the look of the monster itself, not, not the director, because he stated that it was partly due to his lack of artistic skill, and partly due to him uh, wanting them to feel like characters that feel like a part of the genre they're playing with. Which is interesting. Because I figured, like, you know, most directors, like, they will have, like, a certain, I guess, look that they want to 
achieved. But yeah, it was interesting that he pretty much left that, I guess, creative free- freedom for the visual effects artists. So noted. And so Anne Hathaway, like, not only she um, is the main character, but she also executive produced the film. So she was the first to sign onto the project when it had no financial backing. She first heard about the script after finding herself, quote, in a little bit of an artistic no man's land for inspiration. The director, John Fendemi, screened uh, her a copy of A Field in England, which um, Hathaway decided it represented the type of film that she wanted to make. And then she asked like her, her reps to see a similar script that she could do. And then as a result, she was given the colossal script. And she found herself attracted to the genre hopping nature of the script, later comparing it to being John Malkovich as one of her favorite films, which is interesting. So lastly, like I, I usually ask the question, this question why should this movie be rediscovered or sometimes i'll say should this movie be rediscovered now in terms of should this movie be rediscovered well i leave that up to you to decide but for me i would say yes but proceed with caution because if you're expecting godzilla-esque film you're not you're not going to get that with this movie so as in terms of why should this movie be rediscovered, I would say like it has a unique concept, which yes could be catered for mainstream, but they model it as an indie film. Now, does that it it is that used effectively? Like I said, like it's kind of it's quite flawed, but at the end of the day, like it's quite entertaining to watch. The performances from the cast, particularly Anne Hathaway and J- Jason Sudeikis, is great. And also, too, the sequences that they have in Seoul are quite fascinating to watch. Even though it takes place during nighttime, it's just how like it was shot with the cinematography and how the CG of the monster and the robot came together, it works. So that pretty much wraps up... Um, the discussion on Colossal. So just um, before I sign off, this uh, the next episode will be the season one finale, which I am excited for. And so after the season finale, there will be a, a, a recap and a Q&A. So if you want to submit questions, um, for that episode, you could uh, email, send an email, which is uh, rediscoveredmovies at gmail.com. You could uh, go to social media, either Twitter or Instagram, at rdmoviespod, and leave your question uh, in the comment section for that post. Or, if you're feeling brave enough, you could leave a voice message um, on Anchor, which is uh, anchor.fm slash rdmoviespod, where you would just uh, click the message button and just share a quick message of your question you'd like for me to be answered.
That is a wrap on this episode of the podcast. You can submit questions, comments, and suggestions by email, which is rediscoveredmovies at gmail.com. Those will be read along with a recap of the season, which will air after the season finale. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at rdmoviespod for updates. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you.